0: I acknowledge with respect the unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabeg people whose land I live, work, and play on. Miigwesh. This is Umami Conversations, a podcast and community that offers unapologetically honest and therapeutic dialogue through the art of storytelling and mindfulness. I am your host, Agnes Apia, and I and my guests will delve into themes that explore the depths of this human experience. Um, We'll be challenging societal norms and shifting perceptions about issues that are often considered forbidding. This podcast is intended for open-minded women of African descent and their allies who appreciate meaningful conversation and are eager to absorb the wisdom of other women. Please join us as we share our narratives and embrace vulnerability in the effort to create a more compassionate and understanding world. We also kindly ask that you take a moment to leave a review on your preferred platform. Your feedback helps us improve and position us to reach a wider audience. This is Umami Conversation and enjoy this episode. Blessing. Hello, beautiful souls. Thank you once again for tuning in into another amazing episode of the Umami Conversation podcast. This is our first episode of season four, so I say welcome. If you are new here, welcome to Mommy Conversation. I am your host, Agnes Apia. And today's episode, we are speaking with our beautiful guest called Iroqufo. Iroqufo is a Montreal born jazz singer and burlesque performer of Cameroonian descent. Now this season, um, as you might or might not know, we are talking about the body, mind, and soul and their interconnectivity. And I tried to, to find a creative way, of creating conversations around these parts of us as humans. Um, so with a rock four, we talked about the body, um, and she shares her a bit of her life experience and also how her move to Korea, literally changed the trajectory of her life, okay? That also led her getting into burlesque dancing and the list goes on. We talk about, you know, the the purity culture in our churches and how that sometimes has us disconnect from our bodies. We also talk about shame, you know, how a lot of us still feel shame, shame of our bodies. It's an amazing conversation so I hope you do stay on until the very end here you go through this episode of taking ownership of her body through ballet dancing with a rockfall enjoy i've seen the work that you've done and you're a musician you're a dancer you're a coach like you're all of it you're an actress <laughs> You know, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I need to find a way to connect with this woman because it's been too long, and I just mm-hmm. want to know the story. <laughs> I just want to like hear it all and just kind of also learn from it. Because um, honestly, from what like you've been putting out there, I am empowered, and I just love the fact that you're so comfortable, like you know, and and what you do and what you mm-hmm. create." And um, I think it's it's super super encouraging. I do know that it was a journey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I do understand that it was a journey. But for me, it's funny because a lot of people think that I'm uh, like extroverted, so I'm very like ah, and I'm like confident and all of that stuff. But like, I'm not. I am full of trauma. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to live. I don't want that to be my story. Yeah. There's a lot of things that has held me back from living. Mm. You know, and I was actually sharing that with my husband. I was like, I'm realizing, like, I'm not living. I'm just mm. existing, you know, existing. I'm just here and doing things, but there's, there's, there's like the enjoyment and the freedom, mm. it's not there. So when I see you doing your thing, it's just like, yeah. Oh.
1: That means a lot that you shared that with me. It does. Like from what I remember of you is you having like a presence, you know, a big personality, and yeah. I was super shy then. I don't know if you remember, but <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, that's what I'm. But see, that's what I'm seeing, like seeing you, because that's what I remember. I remember you're super quiet, you know, and like i I think I, I would like tease you, but like in a in a sweet way, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes. Yeah. But you were just so like sweet, you know, and. When I saw, what what did I see first? I think is yeah, it was the African spirituality thing, and then I saw um, how do we say that word? I wanted to Google it before coming on here, so I don't say. Bu- is it burlesque?
1: A oh, burlesque, yeah,
0: burlesque. burlesque okay. Yeah. And when I saw you doing the burlesque dance, and I was like, ah! <laughs> I was like, girl. <laughs> And then you had an album that came out. I was mm-hmm. like, girl. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for cutting it. But it's just, I'm 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 overjoyed. Oh. I'm overjoyed.
1: Thank you. Like one I'm thing so about overjoyed. me is, I'm sorry. I'm like, there's a fly and I'm like, <laughs> get out of the get way. <laughs> but I've always loved art. I've always loved creating. It's just that my personality didn't necessarily match. Like I didn't feel confident, I would say. Let me rephrase that. I had the personality like with my family and like really close friends, Mm. you know, like my mom would always say like, oh, you need to be a talk show host. You're so funny. You're so funny. Like, no wonder you have so many friends. Like my family would say those things to me. But like deep down, I knew it's like, I'm not like this with everybody. I'm like this with you guys because I'm comfortable. But with other people, I had this fear. Like I was just, I just couldn't be myself. I don't know why exactly. Well, probably childhood stuff, but I just didn't feel Mm. comfortable doing that. And I think what really made me like break out of that shell is when I moved to Korea. And I started teaching and like with the kids... Well, like, I remember moving and telling myself, like, I can reinvent myself. Like, I can be who mm-hmm. I want to be because nobody knows me here. That's so true. Like, I even got myself a wig. <laughs> you know, what mm-hmm. I got myself a short wig. I got myself a fake little piercing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to be like who I want to be. And mm-hmm. it wasn't like instant, obviously, but mm-hmm. like interacting with kids, like having to be a whole comedian, it made me like break out of my shell. So like wow. I think that was like the first step, and also like moving there and really blossoming. Yeah. Um, like I was in an abusive marriage when I was in Montreal, and like <sighs> I don't know if I've shared that before.
0: I read, I read it, I read, and that was something else. Also, yes, thanks for me. that was something else. I was like, nah. I, <laughs> we, need to, we need a final way. Mm.
1: Yeah, so How that's like. That? Robbed me of a lot of my light. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's it was a very dark time for me. It was a very dark time, and me going to career was really like me running away from that situation. Yeah. And like I was in that situation for like three years, and I was just I kind of accepted it as my reality, and I held on to the fact that I had a business that was doing really well. I'm like I'm making money. I'm just gonna focus on that. Like, yeah, I'm with this man who's treating me like horribly, but at least I have my business. And then my business failed. I wasn't making money anymore. So I didn't have anything to hold on to. So then I was like, wow. Like that sent me deep into a depression. And obviously he was worse to me in that time because he couldn't extract anything from me, Mm. you know? So I was like, okay, I need money. I need... I can't be in this situation anymore. And I just started looking for jobs online, like looking into like, at first I was looking into teaching in China, then teaching in Singapore. And then I went to an event and I met a guy there and he was like, you should look into teaching in Korea. So I'm like, all right, bet. So I do some research and then I fall in love with Seoul. I'm like, okay, I'm going to Seoul. And, I looked for a job, found a job, like within two months, I was on a plane, like, no, within two months, I got the job, like maybe two months and a half, I was on that plane. And like, it was so quick to the point where a lot of my friends didn't even know I left. (laughs) You know, I didn't really tell people because I was in such a dark place that I was, I stayed away from people. And also because I didn't, I didn't have money to afford a bus pass. Like literally I was like stuck in that home. Um, I remember I was working out, uh, doing like, uh, Shanti. That was like some type of therapy for me. So I was, I remember mm-hmm. thinking to myself, I'm like, Shanti is the person that I see the most. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. cause I'll put on that, those DVDs and do that. And it helped me. But yeah. So like, I really rushed out of Montreal and like it hit me once I was on the plane. Like when mm-hmm. I was, I did like Montreal to LA and then LA to Seoul. And when I was on that plane to LA, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm by myself. And it like, it hit me. Like I cried when I was on that plane because I left my family. I left my friends, everything I knew just like super abruptly. And like, I just cried. (laughs) Um, But once I did reach to Seoul, I found joy and like, I couldn't Mm -hmm. believe it. I remember being at a Starbucks and just being like, I can't believe I'm here. Like, I can't believe like I made it out of that situation. Like, it felt so good and like I knew that I could never go back to that place even though my ex-husband was like, please I'll change, come back. I was like, the Lord has delivered me. You think I'm going back? <laughs> you I ain't think going, going back like there,
0: homie. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh,
1: no, no, no. Filed for divorce while I was in Asia and like just closed that chapter. But what's wild to me, I, I left nine years ago and it's only now that I've actually like come to terms with the impact of what I went through. Cause I really left fast and then I went on with my life and I actually told myself at the time, like, Oh, I'm so strong. I don't, I didn't even need therapy, but no, that's to- <laughs> therapy doesn't make you weak. You know, Ter- therapy doesn't make you weak. You have to process that. And as me and my boyfriend were talking about marriage now, like I had such a weird like purging experience. Like Mm. I just started sobbing. I started coughing. I started gagging. And it's because I was like picturing like my ex proposing to me. It's like that image flashed in my mind. And I like had such a reaction. Like my body was like expelling that. Mm. And I just, I was shocked. And also I realized that I never like dealt with the pain and everything that That I went through, you know, And like, I was just like comforting myself, you know, you're safe now and you know, you're loved and just showing myself a lot of compassion. Like I didn't deserve that, you know, I didn't deserve Mm -hmm. that. And it's wild that it took me like nine years to, to like process that. And I guess it's because like, as I'm starting something new, like as me and my boyfriend are talking about marriage, it's like the old had to come out somehow and it's, like, literally yeah. me, like, gagging. And I was like, what the hell is happening?
0: What's going on? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we hold so much in our bodies, right? Mm-hmm. We hold information in our bodies that sometimes you don't even realize that is there. And that's the thing. And when when did you leave? When when did this marriage thing happen? I'm just curious to know so the So
1: I left... Um, actually, it's funny. I left... Um, when I was twenty six and it was actually like the anna, the wedding anniversary, the day that we got married like three years prior, that's the day that i, I left, wow. yeah, and it's like I didn't even plan it it just happened so happened that it was that
0: what year was it
1: um okay, so nine years ago was it
0: was nine years ago
1: i think I think yeah, nine years ago, so i was twenty six so what year are we now? Yeah, I'm like, that's that's it. Like, What year? So 2014? Yeah, I, I left in 2014.
0: You know why I'm asking? Because I was also married. Mm. In, I got married in 2008, but I got married to a Ghanaian dude in Ghana. Mm. And anyways, the whole story behind it is another day's conversation, but it was not... It was not real. You know, I just did it because I thought, like, I was so immature at that time. Mm. I, I just, I was just like, oh, marriage. I mean, I'm a good person. Like, people get along with me. You know, <laughs> let's just do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll grow and love each other, whatever. I'm helping out somebody. My father wants it. It's mm-hmm. good. You know, all of these excuses that you make for other people. Uh, Um, and then, you know, we get into it. He comes here in 2010. The first year is okay. Actually, I didn't, I actually, when, when I left Ghana and I came back to Montreal, I was like, what the fuck did I just do? (laughs)
1: Girl!
0: I can relate. I was like, did I just, was I bewitched? Like, I I didn't understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. I didn't get it. I was like... I, I was confused, you know? And then I think a couple of months in, um, I told my mom, I was like, mommy, I, I can't f- continue this thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I was doing, but this thing is not going to work. And I feel like I was just in like this fairy tale. And I remember the guy would say stuff like that. I'm like, yo, this, this sounds like such a fairy tale, this relationship. And I was like, no, this is real. Uh, no, it wasn't. You mm-hmm. know? And it's like, you lie to yourself sometimes not realizing that, you're responding out of like trauma Mm -hmm. and you're just telling yourself stories that are not even true. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where I was anyways, fast forward, the guy ends up coming to Canada anyways. um, I tried, but it wasn't working out. He was verbally, he was, he wasn't physically abusive, but he was verbally abusive. Like he was very negative towards me, you know, Mm -hmm. even when he tried to be nice, it was a negative, it, it was, it was, it was dark. In 2013, we decided to split. I went, I moved, uh, I moved out of, cause we had like a duplex. So we lived with my mom and we were downstairs, whatever. So we split. I moved out of my parents' place, um, out of that duplex. And um, I spent maybe like seven months wilding out. I was wilding the fuck out. Okay. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> and I fell into a situation with a friend that kind of brought me back to reality and was like, yo, if I stay in Montreal I'm going to die. Mm. And 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 that was the thing for me, but I didn't know where to go. I didn't I wasn't bold and I, and I think that was an opportunity for me to kind of like um break out, you know, mm-hmm. but I was so scared. But my sister was in Ottawa and as much as I hated Ottawa and I felt it was a very dull and boring place, she was there and she was like, yo, just come down. We'll find a place together. So -hmm. just like you, I didn't tell anyone. Well, apart from my parents and maybe one person, even that person, the day I was leaving is when I told her that I was leaving and, um, packed my things and I left Mm -hmm. and I came to Ottawa and, the funny thing is I knew that I was dealing with stuff. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was like emotional issues. And for me, it wasn't until like twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen is when I realized that, okay, all these things that I went through my whole life has actually affected me to the point where I was dissociating and seeing myself dissociating. Mm. And I didn't even know what was going on. Mm. I I I I I didn't you know so it's just all of that process and then then church stuff and religion and all of that and i was like yeah i need to get out i need to get out of like just this whole system because it's not working for me like yeah. i came to ottawa yes it was a safe haven i met my husband here um and yeah like like when he was talking about marriage i was always crying <laughs> I was always crying. But, you know, one of the things about that I think I am blessed um, to have found in this man is, like, he is super patient. Mm. Because, girl, I was all over the place when we got married. Like, I didn't even know why I said yes. Because it was, like, we met seven months after I moved to to Ottawa. You know? And initially, he wasn't really my type of guy. So I was just like, ah, oh, it's just a friend. And then as we shared, it's like you start developing feelings, but then you're not sure. I was like, I think it was my sister that told me once I was on the phone with my now husband and she's like, yo, do you like that guy? I'm like, no. He's just a friend. She goes, well the way you're talking sounds like you really like him. I'm like <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> she knew before you did.
0: because these are emotions that I've never really felt also, you know? Mm. So I just thought it's just a friend and he's funny and I like talking to him. Um, And yeah, so, you know, going into this marriage, it really brought up a lot, a lot of fear, a Mm. lot of fear. But thankfully, um, you know, my husband now was super patient to kind of understand where I was coming from, understand the trauma behind it. And um, two years after, you know, we got married and we're here now. Um, But one of the things I wanted to say is that sometimes we don't realize the impact of the stuff that we go through. Yeah. Um, And like today, we actually, as I I had mentioned in the email, um, our our theme for this season at Mm -hmm. Umami Conversation is the body, the mind, and the soul. And one of something that i've been discovering the more especially when it comes to the body is that the information that the body holds the trauma that the body holds the the like all of these like sicknesses that sometimes you might have a lot of times it's not because of malnutrition mm-hmm. it's sometimes because of trauma and triggering then and, and just things that you've been through your whole life mm-hmm. that causes your body to react or, or, or take shape in certain ways and, and stuff. So with that, um, and then I also been learning a lot about like the mind, you know, and the power of the mind and the way that we could, uh, the, you know, the law of attraction and it's not really what they say it is, but you know, just learning yeah. about these things and learning about the, the 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 soul, the soul. I think right now I'm in a space where I th- I personally feel like our soul is the most important component mm-hmm. of our being because mm-hmm. it is what remains. It yeah. is what carries your information from generation to generation mm-hmm. if you believe in like reincarnation or if you believe in like you know people ancestors coming back and mm-hmm. and stuff like that it holds that it is yeah. you it is you at your core mm-hmm. right um so i've been just learning all of these things and it just dawned on me when i was prepping that this is the theme mm. you know really would love to dive into these type of subjects but with our guests' stories. Mm-hmm. And for you, Magda, your story is, for me, I think it's the whole um, going into the burlesque dance
1: mm-hmm.
0: and teaching others to express themselves and their sensuality and their sexuality through that. Mm. Um, I want to find out, what drew you to the style?
1: So I remember I saw a show when I was in Korea and it was great. And I was like, oh, like maybe one day I'll do that, you know? But like, I didn't really take it seriously. It was just like, okay, this is a great show. It's, it looks like really, like, it looks like a lot of fun, maybe. But like, I just canned that idea. And then one day, like randomly, I for- I'm forgetting what year it was, but I remember at the startup that year, I'm like, this is the year where I say yes. I'm just going to say yes mm-hmm. to to everything. You know, why not just try new experiences? And then, like, mm-hmm. a few months after that, my friend is all like, do you want to join an all-Black burlesque group? Oh. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I said yes. <laughs> and then, like, I, I remember afterwards, me. I was like, oh, shoot, what did I say yes to? Like, <laughs> I'm like, me, I'm shy. Like, I, I don't know if I can do all that. But, you know, like, I think starting with a group, it was a good entry point for me because I felt more comfortable because I was with them. And I remember being like, I'm not gonna strip down to pasties. Like, I'm gonna I take off everything else, but I'm keeping the brawn because like you know, I'm shy. But we did it as a group, and then when we did it, I'm like, oh, this is not so bad. Like, you know, I have mm-hmm. pasties, I'm covered enough. And like the more I did it, the more comfortable I became. And then I started mm-hmm. uh doing like burlesque plays with a different group, and then that mm-hmm. made me even more comfortable. And Yeah. So yeah, that's how it started. And Mm. I left Korea for a bit and while I was away, I told myself like, okay, when I go back to Korea, I'm going to sing, I'm going to sing jazz and I'm going to do burlesque. Like that's what I'm going to do. So when I moved back, that's what I did. I connected with the right people. And like, I do believe in manifestation. Um, but not in the sense that like, Oh, everything bad that happened to you, it's because of you. Like, I don't believe in any of that, but like, Mm. for me, every time I set an intention, Mm. I do it. Like Mm. I told myself, I'm going to go to Korea and I'm going to do jazz. I told myself, I'm going to go to Europe and I'm going to perform. Like, that's Mm. what I I do. So it's like setting, making your mind up, knowing what you want, knowing what's your target. You're naturally going to take the steps in that direction. So that's how I, Mm. I see things. So. Yeah, Yeah, that's basically how it all began, like me saying yes, and then doing it and getting more comfortable. And then like, also, I will say that the first time, like I tried weed for the first time at 30 years old. And like, like, so I was already a real big to the game. (laughs) Because before I had all these like misconceptions, you know, we all we heard those like campaigns say no to drugs weed is a gateway drug it's so bad like i remember mm. when when i was younger i would see people smoking weed and I'd be like "Ugh, like i can't believe you're doing this you know
0: <laughs> so- mm. and judging them
1: and judging them yeah mm. <laughs> but then like one day i went to atlanta and my brother was all like you you want some and i'm like no i don't like the ma he's like you know mom does it too right because <laughs> my mom works out and she does it for pain management <laughs> i'm like really i'm like oh Oh yeah, let me try. Let me try. (laughs) And it was—I liked it. And what that taught me is that because I was like more—I was goofier when I was Mm. like on weed. But I was like, this is not—not me. It is me. It's just like there's no inhibitions. I can just be me without fearing judgment. And what that taught me is like we're all trying to figure out life. I don't need Mm. to be afraid of anybody judging me. I can just be me, and that's what smoking has done for me. So I can be silly and goofy and weird when I'm sober (laughs) as well. You know, I don't need weed for that, but yeah. So that's a lesson that I learned from that. And now I just feel, I do feel confident. I don't feel afraid of being myself because it's like, what am I afraid of? If like, I feel like also being a black woman.
0: (laughs) Mm. Talk like, it, being,
1: you know, like being black, a black woman anywhere in the, anywhere, like in Canada or the States and like in places where there aren't a lot of black people, it really does force you to have a thick skin. Like when I lived in Macau, like I had people who would be pointing at me. I had people who would be like, they would see me and they'd be like, oh my gosh. And they'd be like, like, you know, like as if I'm a foreign, like entity, you know?
0: And I was when like, you're I- the original. Mm-hmm. The, the, the <laughs>
1: you know? And yeah. So like that really helped me develop thick skin. I'm just like, okay, if people are going to stare, give them a show, you know, <laughs> like sometimes i would be singing on the street <laughs> without a care in the world.
0: <laughs> but that.
1: So yeah, I think like those situations and like, it's wild well, that I do burlesque now, because I do come from that a Christian background. Yeah. Um, but my mom has always been like quite open-minded, probably not so much when I was a teenager. She didn't want me like mm. going to dances, didn't want me doing sleepovers and things like that. She was quite mm-hmm. strict. But once I like I hit 18, she loosened up. So now like she's really proud of the burlesque. Like she when she sees a picture, she's like, man, you're so brave. Like I'm so proud of you. I'm living by car. my through. girl. <laughs> mm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like she's super proud about that. And... One thing I'll say about my mom, she's always supported my artistic endeavor. She's never like pushed me like, oh, you should do like sciences or this and that. She was just like, Mm. you're artsy. Do that. Like I support that. Mm. Mm. Um, But yeah, like my ex-husband, he was like a seven day Adventist, very like conservative. And like even me wearing a tube top was an issue for him. It was a big deal. You know, and As much as I said, like, even though he would get mad, I would still, like, do me. But I think I would still, like, looking back, I probably modified myself in a way to Mm -hmm. avoid, like, some tension and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Like, even, I remember at one of my shows, I organized an event and I was, like, I had hired a, a band and they were performing and I was dancing. And he had an issue with that. Like, he tried to trip me. And he's like, a Christian doesn't dance to like secular music.
0: Oh my God. I'm like sis. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, like obviously mm-hmm. not all Christians are judgmental and stuff, but like I came from that's my background. You know what I'm saying? I come from that background of me going to church and wearing a top that's like I didn't intend for it to like be y but maybe it showed a little bit of cleavage. A little
0: bit, yeah. And
1: then like I remember a woman like calling me out in front of everybody, and like we're eating at a table. She's like, "Pull up your shirt," and then obviously she says that, so then people start looking at my shirt, whereas they weren't looking at it before. And it's just like, oh my god, like why are some Christians like this? Yeah. And then I leave. I move to Korea, and then I know that. Obviously, they're hearing things from his point of view. And I'm like the bad guy who just left her husband, you know. Um, so I felt like extremely j- judged. I, I felt extremely extremely judged. And when I was in Korea, I did try to go to a church. But then I was just like, nah, <laughs> like, I, I don't, do don't know- want
0: to do this. You know, talking about, like, just church and, like, our religious communities, one mm-hmm. of the things is, like, they put such a strong emphasis on, like, modesty and, like, this whole purity culture and everything, right? So, mm-hmm. I I don't know for you, but for me, what that created is actually disconnecting myself from my body mm-hmm. and being discomfortable in my body. And... I, I had a therapy session a few weeks ago and um, my therapist asked me something about my, uh, my body. Like if like I've ever had like issues with my body mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh no, I don't. Because she did recognize that I am when it comes to like my emotions and stuff, I'm a bit, you know, disconnected from, from the body. So I was like, no, 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 no. I don't have any. Few weeks, like just I think last week or the week or the week um, before, I was sitting down and it just hit me. I was like, "Oh snap! I've had I've I have had issues with my body. Mm -hmm. I've been so disconnected from this body." One because one of the things for me is my weight. Mm -hmm. It just hit me that for many years I've always been trying to lose weight. I've Mm -hmm. always been trying to be. Have like this Coca Cola shaped body.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've always tried to, um, you know, like if 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 I'm feeling some type of way down there, you know, it's like oh no, I'll I'll, I'll end up like praying to God, God, please forgive me of my sins for feeling this mm. way, and and you know, like literally, like my sexuality became like such a evil thing <laughs> you so know that's
1: what we're taught. We're taught the body is is evil it's sinful like resist the body like resist that but then somehow when you get married you're supposed to be like oh, this sexual being for your husband like how are no. we supposed to get to that point
0: <laughs> oh no. if i don't explore my body for myself
1: mm-hmm. if i don't
0: touch places on my body mm-hmm. that i know may give me some type of like feeling or vibration Mm-hmm. Then how do I know when somebody else comes? What what does he know?
1: Exactly. Like how how you does he know where to, to
0: touch? Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Right? And I remember thinking as a teenager that masturbation was a sin. Oh, yeah. Though- <laughs> of course. So <laughs> and praying for course. forgiveness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I,
0: I will go to, like, Catholic churches because, like, sometimes churches wouldn't be open. And I'll sit in a Catholic church and, like, just, like, bawl my eyes out. mm because maybe like i masturbated.
1: Mm-hmm. It's such a disservice to us like it's it's so wild because i i still believe in god. I still have a relationship with god, but now it's more free. I'm not always thinking that I'm oh i'm going to burn in hell, <laughs> you know? Like i feel like now the relationship is better. Cuz imagine like you're trying to connect with a friend or family, but there's always this fear that they're going to throw you out in the trash can. Like you can't really have a close relationship with someone when you think they're going to throw you out every five seconds. Now it's, it's so freeing because like, what would God create this body with all these feelings that we could have, but be like, but you can't (laughs) explore them. (laughs) um, Like, it doesn't make sense
0: (laughs) at all. But tell me, so you know, you you mentioned your your ex husband was um was seven day advantage. He was uh, advantage seven day <laughs> advantage. Um, you growing up in the in the Christian in a you know Christian home. Mm-hmm. So that transition between that whole Christian lifestyle and what you've known and burlesque, like how did burlesque allow you to take ownership? Of your body and of every aspect of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, as Magda. What you you have you have your your um your um, are you from Cameroon? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: You are Cameroonian, okay. Mm-hmm. How do we say? Is it fall?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Iroqufa. Iroqufa. Yeah, okay.
0: So I'll use that name. Um, yeah. How do you claim ownership? How did you claim ownership of Iroko? Like the whole of you.
1: I think that I remember one day what, when I was getting ready to perform, um, I remember asking one of my castmates, like, like, are, like, are my stretch marks, like, terrible? Like, I remember being super self-conscious about my stretch marks. And then, like, once I got on stage, nobody cared about my stretch marks, you know? <laughs> like, they were still, like, enjoying, like, their performance. And, like, I got such a reaction for them. And, like, from that point on, I was just like, you know what? nobody cares. Like we see, we like scrutinize ourselves so much, but no one's looking at us that intently and, yeah. and intensely. So like performing taught me like how much of an impact I could have on people without even speaking. Mm. And it just forced me to just accept myself in my entirety. It's like, yeah, I'm getting older now. I have bags under my ass, you know? It's all good in the hood. I'm going to start using retinol, but, <laughs> but you know, I love myself. And I think now I'm just at a point where I love myself completely. Whereas before, I think, like, being Christian, I was just like, I'm, I'm sinful. I'm a bad person. I'm this, I'm that. It's like, how can you love yourself if you always think, if you think you're a sinner? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Like moving away from that helped a lot. And I would say that I officially, officially moved away from Christian Christianity in 2020. Um, when, um, with the whole like Black Lives Matter,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was just like, it, I kind of, I really th- started thinking about colonization
0: mm-hmm. and
1: what my ancestors believed in mm-hmm. before. And I was like, this is such a shame yeah. That people came into your home and said, what you believe is garbage mm-hmm. and take our beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not done with that, mm-hmm. you know? So I started, like, connecting with my ancestors, asking my grandma about her mom. Because I never knew my, my great-grandma. She died mm-hmm. when I was eight years old. And I'm born in Canada, so I never had a chance to meet her. But, like, mm-hmm. I talked to her, <laughs> you know? I, I mm-hmm. talked to my great-grandfather as well, who I never got to meet. He passed away when my grandma was 13. So, like, I'm just talking to them and sometimes ask them for signs and I have my tarot cards and, like, I ask, Mm -hmm. like, God and I ask my ancestors, like, you know, speak to me. And it's always, Mm -hmm. it always resonates. Like, people, not everybody believes in tarot and that's fine. But for Mm -hmm. me, it really has been helpful along my journey. And, yeah, so I'll yeah I went all over the place there but
0: so basically from from what I'm getting Mm -hmm. um the way that you took ownership of yourself one is by leaving Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) by by taking that bold step and I guess just changing the change of environment allowed you to accept your body allowed you to accept you allowed you to just know that like this is me and this is who I want to be and like religion is not going to hold me down, <laughs> you know, like even culture. Cause even sometimes our cultures has way of teaching us like a form of modesty. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this picture uh, that I took when I, um, I took a photo shoot when I was pregnant with my little boy mm-hmm. and in the picture, my arms are out, you know, I have like a little tube top. Mm-hmm. My mom saw this picture and my mom's like, oh, you can't show this picture to anybody. Um, <laughs> to <many of> It <laughs> why. goes, but you know, you're pregnant and you, 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 you see your stomach and your hand, your arms and this. I'm like, mommy, it's not going to change anything. No evil will come and attack my baby. Okay. Like, don't <laughs> worry. It's, it's fine. It's fine. You know? Yeah. And, and, and And that's the thing. Like, I think that our cultures sometimes and our, our religious backgrounds has really done. I would use the word damage Mm -hmm. um, to, or disservice, let's say a disservice to um, this flesh of ours, you Mm -hmm. know, and making it seem as if it's like the worst thing that was ever created. Exactly. (laughs) You know, like there's so much. I think there's just so much shame and apart from women, I think men also Mm -hmm. and um, non-binary people go through Mm -hmm. this sense of like shame of their bodies. Um, What advice would you like give somebody that is going through that, 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 that feels for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. you know, that is like feeling very shameful of the type of body that, that they have?
1: That's a good question. I guess what is coming to mind? And like, this is something that my friend uh, who struggles with her weight, she told me, she's like, she started focusing on what her body can do. So she started moving Mm -hmm. more and Mm -hmm. that helped her remove focus from how it looked. She just focused Mm -hmm. on like how it feels and what it can do. But like, not everybody has the same mobility, you know? Like, so there's that as well. But, like, sometimes I see, like, um, videos on people who have, like, different disabilities. Like, like yesterday I watched a video about a guy who was born without legs. And he was just mm-hmm. like, you know what? These are the cards that I'm, I was dealt. I'm going to make the best of my life. And sometimes just, like, mm-hmm. having that thought is like, there's certain things that, yeah, we can't change. Like, these are our cards. And like I say that to myself about my childhood too, like because there's certain mm-hmm. things that happen, you know, some trauma, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? These are the cards that I was dealt. There's nothing I can do about it. But how can I mm-hmm. make the now beautiful? How can I make the future beautiful? Right. And I, I think that, and just like doing things that make you proud could
0: mm-hmm.
1: could help remove that focus off like your flesh. Like I like celebrating the body and, and all that, but like focusing too much on how we look and thinking that we're just not good enough because of it. Like, obviously that's not healthy. I remember going through a mm-hmm. period myself where I just wanted to be thin because like, I had all these mm-hmm. like images of like white women and, you know, we have oh, a different yeah. type of body. We have a different type of body, yeah. you know, cause I grew up in, in white schools right. and I just felt so out of place and, you know, watching TV shows where, you hear a character say like, oh, she said I had a big ass. And like, that's like an insult, so-called, you know? And I had a big booty when I was in college, you know? And I remember feeling so insecure about that and always wanting to be thin, always wanting to be thin. And at some point I told myself, look, you need to stop getting on this scale because you're focusing on this number and it's just not healthy. So till this day, I don't look at the scale. I just focus on moving my body and eating healthy but like I don't always eat healthy I eat cake sometimes I eat chips sometimes you know so I think like eliminating the things that trigger you could be helpful like for me Mm -hmm. weighing myself triggered me so I just stopped doing it (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. yeah much sense. That makes so much sense. And and same here, you know. Um, after giving birth, like I've always been a pretty heavy um woman, but after giving birth, I'm like at my heaviest, and it's been a challenge, you know. It's been a challenge to um embrace this body of mine, you know, as I am. Um, and just like your friend, I think what is changing for me is I know I could walk. Mm. So what I'ma do is every morning I'ma wake up in the morning and I'm gonna go walk. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah. and it's really is taking the focus off of like the parts of you that you don't necessarily appreciate as much yet. Mm-hmm. Um and focusing on what can be done right now. I really love that answer. I think it it does take away like that shame um aspect of there or that discomfort in our bodies, you know. Um and as a dancer, how like how has you just developing this skill with your body working out how has that helped you like in this healing process or this trauma process that or the trauma that you've experienced with your ex mm-hmm. how has that helped in any way um doing burlesque and and movement and and all of that you know?
1: so with burlesque i would say that i get to be a character you know like i get to mm. Like I call my alter ego Rocky, you know, confident Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like sexy and all that. So I think just like putting on that costume, it kind of, it takes me away from that trauma because I'm like, I'm playing a character and I just love, I love it. Like when I was a kid, I used to watch Mr. Dress Up and like, I used to love that show. And so I feel like I'm just dressing up, I'm putting on a character and Mm-hmm. Somehow it's been healing to, to me. I don't know exactly like the science behind mm-hmm. it, but it has been healing to me. And I would say in general, like working out, um, I really got into like taking a lot of dance classes during my b- depression um, over the winter. Mm-hmm. Like, and I went overboard, right? Kind of mm-hmm. overboard. I was like taking like three classes a day, you know, dancing three, mm-hmm. four hours a day just to like, because when mm-hmm. I was in that space, I wasn't thinking about what was making me sad. I was just in the moment, and like presence. It's so important because Mm -hmm. sometimes when I'm freaking out, I'm like, okay, right now in this moment, you're okay. The things you're, you're worrying about the future. That's why you're stressed out or you're thinking about the past. That's why you're stressed out. But right Mm -hmm. now in this moment, you feel the breeze on your skin. You feel the warmth. You're okay. So sometimes I just have to like, Like, sit myself down and just be present. And that's what dance does for me. It allows me to be present.
0: Present. Ooh. And and body, mind, and soul, Mm -hmm. and spirit. Can't take spirit out. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, Would you encourage any women do men do burlesque or is yeah, it just women? Some men. do, men do burlesque yeah. men? um would you encourage like how would you yeah would you encourage anyone to go into burlesque um for let's say healing purposes you know because um as you said you when you're when you're in it it allows you not to be trauma right mm-hmm. be in there and be that character and just mm-hmm. kind of escape you know yeah. um would this be something that you will recommend someone to get into mm-hmm. or, um, because I'm just thinking, I just have another thought when I think about escaping, because you know, a lot of times we go into these practices, we mm-hmm. escape for a moment, but then after we come back and life is still there, we're still going through the the trauma and the issues. I don't know yeah. if that's really healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm just thinking. I don't even. Know, I think I lost my train of thought. But it's just because I said escape. I
1: get what you human.
0: mean. You know what I mean, like- but
1: it's like it's one tool of many. Like you can't okay. just do burlesque and be like, well, that's all the healing I need. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's one tool, and for me, it's a way of like escaping, like being a character, and also enjoying my body because that's what it's about. Like burlesque celebrates all kinds of bodies. There's all kind of bodies in burlesque and we celebrate that like the crowds are usually like so encouraging and it mm-hmm. just it makes you fall in love with yourself I feel it makes you fall in love with yourself and so that's one care one one aspect mm-hmm. but also like presence like that's needed also therapy also like yeah. you don't necessarily need to go to a therapist but right. maybe you have a community of people who can be that for you Right, You know, like talking to your loved ones, your friends and and all that. So I think I would definitely encourage anyone to do burlesque. You don't need to perform in front of like crowds of people. You don't need to. But even taking a class and just exploring um, Mm self-expression, that could be healing as well. And it doesn't need to be like, now I need to go perform in front of 200 people. It's just like, (laughs) you know, just like, I think. Like, I don't know anyone who, like, hates burlesque. Well, like, mm. anyone who's done it, who's like, yeah. oh, that was a terrible experience, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I definitely recommend it.
0: <laughs> what other ways do you celebrate um, yourself, your body?
1: Hey, what other ways do I celebrate? I think I really like dressing up. I like fashion. Mm. So, like, that's a way for me to express myself. So I think mm. I celebrate myself by expressing myself by not mm. hiding. Cause I spent a lot of years hiding mm. and now I'm just like, I'm just super open. And because this, the shame has been removed. I don't have anything to be ashamed of. Like I remember as a kid being ashamed of being poor, like what's the shame mm. in that, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. And like, I feel like a lot of us, there's so much shame that we have to like kind of slice off of our person. I'm telling you. And Yeah, so I I celebrate my body by expressing myself, um, by adorning myself Mm. um, with like clothes or perfume Mm. and by dancing, um, by telling myself like, you you look good, (laughs) you know, Mm. or just like you're a good person. Because obviously it's not just about like how you look, but Mm. I think also by spending time with loved ones, like that's because that feels so good so yeah
0: it's
1: it's so it's so healing like that's why like me and capitalism is just that i'm part of the system but i don't like it (laughs) i don't like it because it severs our ties to one another and therefore also ourselves because like we can see ourselves reflected in another person
0: that's true you know
1: so it's like if you're severing that tie in a way you're you're severing something, like something within yourself. And we need people. Like that's something that people are always like, Oh, I catch flights, not feelings or like grant you die. and think like, I, no, <laughs> like back in the day, perhaps, you know, I used to like to work a lot and I still do work a lot because like, I do a, a bunch of different things, but it's not a badge of honor for myself. Like for me, I want to have a life full of love. Like when I'm thinking about myself in the future, I see myself mm. surrounded with loved ones, a community of loved ones. I see myself yes. creating, expressing myself. Like that's what matters to me. Like climbing mm. a corporate ladder, it's not, What what what's the, the joy in that? Like getting what's all stressed out because of work, that's, that, there's no joy in that. And I have one life as far as I know, you mm. know? And like, mm. that's why I'm very purposeful in like the type of life that I live, like, Certain things scare me, but I still do those things anyways. Because I'm like, there's something beautiful that's going to be at the end of this, even though there's going to be like some hardships. Like mm. being in Germany right now, obviously there are some hardships, but like mm. not super severe. Like, but being black in Germany is not the easiest thing. <laughs> let's just say.
0: <laughs> I just read that they gave a green. They they're creating the green card, German German green card or something.
1: What is that? I haven't heard of it.
0: Yeah, I saw I saw, I saw a post on um, on Instagram that Germany is giving green cards. I don't know. I didn't like read into it. I mm. just brushed it. But, anyways, I, that was just a side note.
1: <laughs> I know that they're giving like digital nomad visas or some, or the equivalent, like different European mm. countries. So I'm like, okay, this scene, because I do like the way of life in Europe compared to the States. And like, I'll say generally yeah. speaking in Europe, cause I haven't been to every single country, but mm. like, it's just more laid back.
0: More laid like back,
1: yeah. work isn't everything here. right? You know, right. enjoyment, family, friends, that's what matters. You know, vacation, you know, like here it's like minimum six weeks vacation. What do we get in Canada? Two weeks, two weeks, <laughs> you know?
0: Unless you've worked many hours and then you could accumulate your, you know, your more vacation or more hours or whatnot. Exactly. Um, Yeah, it's true. I think Europe has, uh, they they really have like a more laid back, um, like lifestyle. Like, I mean, is it Spain that they have like a siesta or something in the middle of the day? I think so. Yeah, I've
1: heard of that. Like,
0: come on, give (laughs) me a siesta. I need that in my life. I need to rest that body. (laughs)
1: And, you know, I'm looking into Spain in terms of, like, a potential place to live.
0: Mm. And
1: I was looking into it, and, like, as a Canadian, it's not super hard. I think sometimes we think that things are more challenging than they are. It's like, I can never do that. It's too hard. But then when you do the research, like, oh, actually, they're giving visas to Canadians that easily? Mm. Mm." And, like, even in terms of, like, traveling with a child. I don't have a kid. I have nieces and nephews. But... Mm like I have a friend of mine, she moved to Korea for a year with her kid. Mm -hmm. And and like now there's like more and more moms talking about like, you know, travel with kids, but yeah, traveling with kids, like it seems like something that's super hard, but it's definitely doable. And like, for me, like I was like, I'm at a point where I'm like thinking about having kids, not having kids, what to do. And then it's like, I realized that, I could still have freedom, even if I decide to have a child. And like now I came to a point mm-hmm. where I'm like, actually, I think I I want a kid. Like I'm 99% mm-hmm. sure I want a child <laughs> at I this point. That. And I know that it won't stop me from creating. It yeah. won't stop me from living a full life. A lot of people live full, happy lives with a kid, you exactly. know? So I think it's just expanding what you think is possible for yourself. Like that's where I'm at right now. It's like, what can I, what type of life can I, can I lead? Like what type of life could I live? And even if it seems unrealistic, allow yourself to dream. And I feel like a lot of us don't allow ourselves to dream because we're told Mm. to be realistic, be realistic, but no Mm. dream big and then break it down and see how could I actually do this?
0: I love that. Go into like the fantasy you know, mm-hmm. and like fantasize about your, your life and and what you want for yourself.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's really Thank like my you. model right now. It's just like anything is possible. Anything is possible. My mom came to Canada with sixty dollars in her pocket. Wow. With me in her stomach and two kids. Wow. And well, her womb. <laughs> I yeah. don't want people listening yeah. and be like, girl doesn't know how the body yeah. works. But <laughs> well, you know, so mm. And then this is the life that we've made from that, from that $60, you know, we're four kids and we're doing all right, you know, (laughs) we're doing all right. Mm -hmm. So I know, and like, you know, our ancestors, they've been through so much. They've turned so like they took a little bit and they turned it into something big, you know, and we are that, we are that Mm -hmm. seed that's like, you know, grown. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're We're the seed that they planted. So, I believe we can do anything. I believe in miracles Mm. and yeah, I I stand by that.
0: (laughs) I love that. Oh my goodness. Um, Eric Fall, I I really love everything that you said there. You believe in miracles and you stand by that. And I believe in miracles too. Mm. And us being here today is a miracle, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to share from Berlin to Canada, you know, (laughs) I love that. Um, I wish we could keep going. It's mm-hmm. been a really amazing conversation. However, before I let you go, there mm-hmm. is something that I do at the end of um, our convos. Before I do that, I just want to find out, was there anything else that you would like to share with our audience? Is there anything that, you know, like a little word of wisdom or do you feel like you've poured out enough?
1: I guess I'll just um, restate the importance of dreaming. I want to restate the importance of community and love Mm. and also the fact that we have one life and just be present with it. Mm. Yeah, just be present and dream big and love on your people and love on yourself.
0: Dream community. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, I'm going to ask you three questions. Well, I'm going to ask you to finalize it with three things. First thing is, um, what is your favorite meme? Second thing is, if you had a song to put on repeat for the rest of your life, you, would, you could listen to only that song, what would it be? And the third thing, please tell us where we could find you, where c- could people connect with you, and all of that juicy stuff. It's all okay. yours.
1: Um, okay, favorite meme is kind of hard. Um. Maybe one where people look, like, kind of, like, confused. <laughs> like, I can't think of one, but, like, one where it's like, hmm?
0: <laughs> like, or maybe your favorite like... emoji.
1: Okay, favorite emoji. Let me look. What do I normally use? <laughs> what do I be? Eye roll, maybe, wink. I like doing this thing. Okay, so I... <laughs> I'm a walking uh, emoji. (laughs) emoji. (laughs) When I like, I end conversations or like I say something that I find like funny. I'm always like
0: ding. So like I (laughs) an emoji actually.
1: Yeah, and I got like my boyfriend doing it too. Like someone he's like ding, and then I got like friends doing it. (laughs) So he's always like ding, and I realized I was doing that because I was I was recording a video for youtube and like i ended it like that and like i sent it to my brother to edit for me and then he like um he edited that part and sent it to me like me going Ding! i'm like oh I, I think i like that, I that.
0: okay okay
1: <laughs> <Ding>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's kind of like mic drop you know <laughs> i love
0: that i really love that
1: so that would be my favorite, like, yeah, emoji. Mm-hmm. And um, what what was the other one?
0: The second question song. is, if you had a song that you could play for the rest of your life, you cannot listen to anything else, what would it be?
1: I think it would be the live version of Ira Rush. Um, uh, Ira stars Rush. Mm. Yeah, she's, um, I think she's, is she Nigerian? I'm not sure, but she's an Afro uh, beat artist. Afro
0: oh, pop. what was it? What was that song again, Rush? How does it go again? Yeah,
1: in uh, 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 uh. And she's singing yeah, it live, yeah, yeah, yeah. a slowed down version. Oh, mm-hmm. that feels like
0: church. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to it
1: after this. Me
0: too. Was <laughs> she <laughs> going to Montreal like in a few? um so that's probably going to be what i'll be bumping into. i'll still go ooh, <laughs> nice <yeah>. not it's <laughs> in my head okay okay and then please tell us where could we find you what magic are you putting out in the world <laughs> ooh, give it to us give it all to us
1: okay so you can find me on instagram er, at iraq4 um I do have a YouTube channel but I'm not consistent on there so don't look <laughs> yet. <laughs> I'm going to be launching a Substack st- soon with all my like special stories on there. Mm. But for now like Instagram I'm going to be posting like some footage from my shows. Um yeah there's a lot coming soon. There's going to be more music as well. You can find me on on Spotify as yes. well, rock 4.
0: Yeah.
1: Um like on all major platforms you can find my music on there. Yeah.
0: Awesome. 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 My dear Iraq for Magda that I, I initially know you by um, thank you so much for having this umami conversation with us. Um, I don't know if I'm going to add any of the beginning of the conversation, but I just want to let our, our listeners know that we met in college And that was the last time that we ever had a conversation until I Mm -hmm. found her on social media again. And here we are. So I am more than honored. I am humbled by being in your presence because you are a presence. And um, (laughs) I just want to say thank you, honestly. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much
1: for having me. It's been so great to connect with you again and just like (sighs) hear your stories as well. Yeah. Yeah. That means so much.
0: Touches my heart. So yeah, listeners, make sure you tune in. Okay? Next next season, go check out Iraq 4. Make sure you're tuning into her music. She has really soulful music. Um her album came out, was it yes last year?
1: Um twenty twenty one.
0: Was so, it twenty twenty one that I listened to yeah. it?
1: Yeah, and end of October. Oh wow. Yeah, was that far? I know it flew by I'm due for a new single I'm working on it I'm working on two right now
0: (laughs) all right y'all blessings Thank you for tuning in today. We encourage you to continue the conversation in our community of open-minded women. And we appreciate your support and feedback. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media at Instagram, Umami Conversation, or through our website at agnesapia.com. So until next time, keep listening, keep learning, and keep embracing the power of storytelling and mindfulness. Blessings.